You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. I want to talk tonight, like Israel was saying, about the spiritual discipline of gratitude because I think that gratitude can be really life-transforming. It's really important. And I also think it's really hard. I don't think it comes naturally to most of us most of the time, being thankful. Um, And I think that's why the apostles kept harping on it in their letters to the early churches. They kept saying, be thankful, be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Um, I won't read them all, but I love them all. All these good reminders to the early churches. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you will be blameless and and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. And then Paul says, and then you'll shine like stars in the sky. So all these... um, all this encouragement to have gratitude. The, the early, the Bible writers didn't know this, but um, science now is backing up their, their spiritual wisdom and, sa- and showing us that gratitude is like really good for your body, your mind, your heart. It's like actually really good for us. And so I was looking over the research this week and I found that gratitude, according to these studies, gratitude opens the door to more relationships, improves physical health, increases psychological strength, enhances empathy, and reduces our anger and aggression, improves sleep, self-esteem, even helps us to overcome trauma. So if the spiritual discipline of gratitude is so fabulous and so beneficial, Why aren't we all, like, doing it well all the time, especially us who are trying to follow Jesus? Why aren't we really good at this? And I think the answer to that is that gratitude, again, is really hard for a couple reasons. And I want to talk for a while about those reasons why it's hard before we think about the solution. But we live in a broken world. And we see problems and we experience big problems all the time. We know that things aren't finished yet, and so we grieve and we feel pain. I am as idealistic as they come, and so this is a big problem for me. But I don't think it's wrong to grieve and feel pain. In fact, I think Jesus is right there with us in suffering. We can know his presence we can see him at work in the, in the midst of the struggle and all the negative feelings. I think gratitude is tuning into this deeper reality in faith that God is present in the midst of that to make all things right in time and that his redeeming love is here now and is enough. What makes gratitude so hard, I think, is to see with those eyes of faith and receive the enoughness of of our belovedness in Christ. Um, Because 
our own nature and, and every, everything in our culture, I think, is telling us that we're not enough. Um, so I want to talk about that. Our, our human nature, part of our human nature anyway, is kind of bent on wanting what we don't have from day one. And we can, we can see this in the creation story in the Garden of Eden. And I'm sorry that all the, all the Google, all the stuff on Google images of Adam and Eve are like so cheesy. But I like this one because they're like staring, they're in this, as the story goes, they're in this luscious garden where they have everything they could want and they have each other for companionship and they have all this beauty and good food and they want the one thing. They want the one piece of fruit that they can't have. It's, it, it's kind of nuts, but, but I think it's really hard to receive the good that is given. And we experience that, that how hard that is um, in our own nature. And I think that it's made even more difficult by our particular culture in the United States in 2018. Um, this country was founded on faith, not in Jesus, but on the ascendancy of Euro-American hegemony, right? Remember eminent domain? from history class and the slave trade and how the West was won. It's all, it's all about this idea that white people especially are supposed to dominate and rule over things. And the certain, certain streams of the church even did that then to Jesus. You might have, you might think of pictures or um, things you've heard maybe in churches where Jesus is like kind of like up on this throne, just like judging and controlling everybody instead of what the Bible actually says about Jesus advocating for us and being with us and, and interceding for us at that throne, Emmanuel. And so I think this lie of Euro-American hegemony still, still infects us. We stopped at Mount Rushmore on our trip, and um, I had a little bit of a bad attitude about it um, because these beautiful black hills of South Dakota, they were given back to the Lakota people. How nice of the settlers after they had slaughtered most of the Lakota people. But they, gave, they said, they finally said, okay, we're taking the rest of the land. You can have the black hills back until gold was discovered there, and then the United States took the Black Hills back um, from the Lakota people and had the nerve to stick these faces up on it, on, you know, one of the points. But they're beautiful, and we camped in there. Um, but that story is just all too common in, in the history of the United States. I love going to the reservation land, but you know, most of the reservation land, most of the land given back to the native people of our country is like the leftovers. It's not the nice place to live. Nice, you know, it's not the land that they cultivated. It's the, it's the desert places. Euro-American hegemony. I don't want to go too far down that path because... It amps me up, but it reminds me of what Adam and Eve did in the garden by feeling entitled, you know, to that one thing that God said that they couldn't have. And I, I think we all, uh, I think we all face a similar heart problem 
regardless of our our pow level of power and privilege in this in this country because it's kind of the waters that we're swimming in the fruits of the empire are on display all around us in advertising and so we think that we should be able to get what we want or something must be wrong with us we should be able to get that degree or that car or move wherever we want or eat what we want and then we face the difficult challenge of being grateful when we come up against the very real limitations of that I, I think that it gets applied even to the church um, in that it's just so common to like shop around for a church that meets your preferences right I don't know how good we're doing here tonight but often people in churches, people get offended by somebody. Um, or in the city, you know, the city, lots of people come to the city for something new, and then and then the city disappoints them in some way. They get, you know, doesn't live up to their expectations, and they want to leave or go somewhere else. And one leader who was experiencing this this week, like somebody saying goodbye to them, said to me that they felt like they were standing in front of them saying, like they were standing in front of them like I love you. I'm like I'm like giving my life to you here and you're just you're just like looking over my shoulder for something better. I think Jesus feels that all the time too. And I don't think we get that in, in instinct from Jesus to always be looking for the upgrade. Um but that's exactly what our culture teaches us to do with relationships with everything. Um, everything's just disposable because we are supposed to be the masters of our own destiny. Again, I don't think that idea is from Jesus at all. And I, I wonder how the kingdom of God will grow if we don't consciously resist that on some level and learn the discipline of gratitude. I think this, this challenge um, to be grateful is made even more difficult now um, by uh, our culture's obsession with, like, being superhuman. Jeff and I started watching the show Heroes this week. Um, I know it came out, like, a lot of years ago, um, and I'm just, like, finding out about it, but it's um, it's all about this, you know, these people have, everybody has, everybody wants to be special, and these these people all up here have like a special power and they're gonna save the world together. Um, it's about this discovery of an ongoing evolutionary process, um, which is, you know, the process of evolutionary dominance is actually pretty brutal. So, so this show I think is kind of gruesome and, you know, weaker people die for the cause. But at any rate, it's, it carries this superhero longing that I think is at the crux of every comic book. You know, Mission Impossible just came out again. And it's, I think it, there's something about this, this idea that being human is just like not enough. And I think that's the, that causes it, uh, us to have a gratitude problem. Um, cause we're set up for this from day one that we should be able to do amazing things. I had a pair of Superwoman underoos when I was a kid. You remember underoos? And I felt awesome in those underoos, like I had special powers. 
not putting a picture up there of that. But I'm really glad it got me reflecting again that God came, the, the, the wildness that God would come to us as a vulnerable human being, not to rule over us, but to, like, to even come as a baby and to actually die, to be killed through violence by us. And not just hurt, but like to, to die. And I think he shows us that, that through death and suffering through, not just having victory over, but by suffering through, the world is changed. And by death, I mean a willingness to accept ourselves as God accepts us. Relatively powerless to know and love and worship him except through him. So I think that Jesus can give us a, a lot more reason to be grateful than, than Tom Cruise or these heroes. The culture feeds our desires and insecurities, you know, giving us the impression that we should be able to do this amazing stuff. We should dominate and own things. And so we're always set up to, to notice what we're lacking you know, and not to see the glory and the wonder of who we are and what we, ha- what we actually have. So that's a lot about the problem. I spent a lot of time kind of setting up the problem, and now I want to remind you of a story that you've probably heard before of Jesus doing something amazing with a very little bit of something, which I think a lot of us feel like that little bit a lot of times. And it's the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, um, which I love how it's retold, hopefully, every culture around the world. Um, it's the only miracle in the, that's told, retold in all four Gospels besides the resurrection. And so I think it's an important story. As you probably know, people were gathering to listen to Jesus probably more like 20,000 people with the women and children. And Jesus noticed that they were hungry, and so he wanted to feed them. And all that they, the disciples could find was this one little kid's lunch. And so Jesus said, bring it to me. And he held it up, and he thanked God for it. There's that thankfulness. And then he passed it you know, probably to the people that were right there, and they passed it to other people. And by the end, everybody was fed, and they even had like 12 leftover baskets of food. And so it's it's lovely in how it shows us that Jesus makes something out of nothing. He provides this abundance. You know, it's a comforting story about Jesus meeting needs with just a little bit we can offer. And, and I, I think that's all true. And, and people even really love, people loved this so much back then that they immediately wanted to make Jesus king. But he knew that it was a lot about the, the full bellies that they had just experienced. And so he, he resisted that. Um, I think the real point, even though all that is true about, about, um, Jesus making something out of nothing, I don't think that's the main point of this story. I think the real point of this story is that the multiplication of these 
of this bread and these loaves was allowing Jesus to present himself as the bread of life. And that's the speech that he gives next. He says, look, I'm it. I'm it. I know you're real happy that you got fed today, but I can give you something that's going to last. I'm going to I'm going to satisfy death forever and and lead you right into eternity. And that was his point. I think that's why he did that. And I think for us it means that our relationship with God and the church and anything that we might do for Jesus is going to be a, a heck of a lot more satisfying, probably harder, but more satisfying than anything else that you think that you need in order to be grateful. The promotion, the girlfriend, the car, the degree, the 401k. I think Jesus multiplied these loaves and fishes to say, it's really me here to meet your hunger for life, even in the midst of your suffering and grief. To make you new right now to give you joy even beyond this world. He was saying, let, let me show you. And I know that some of you have been getting this revelation recently as you've like pursued other things to, to, you know, to, to, to satisfy, to give you that, that sense of gratitude. You know, we always think it's like right around the next corner and then we're going to be happy if we get that, if we achieve that one thing. Um, but I think that some of us are realizing that Jesus is actually enough and we're going to, we have to, we're going to have to keep working with that consciously. Um, I know that some of you like keep gratitude journals. You have, you have certain ways that you pray that help you notice what God is actually doing in your life, what you're, what you're thinking and feeling where God is at work. That helps us to know that Jesus is more than enough and that we are enough in Christ. So I want, I want to give us uh, an opportunity. We took communion yesterday at the love feast, but not all of us were there. And so I want to give you the opportunity to kind of tangibly hold that bread and the juice. Dip your bread in the juice if you want to. If you're not ready, that's okay. But... Um, it's a tangible, this, this meal that, that Jesus told us to receive in remembrance of him is just a tangible uh, symbol that he is with us in the midst of all that we are facing in the suffering and grief. This gift of God unites us in shared humanity in all of our limitations by the power of his spirit. So Alex and... Susie and the team, can you guys um, help us sing that last song again as we pass the bread and the cup? Um, the Lord is our light. Help each other. take. We're just going to pass it down the row. Help each other take it. Um, and again, if you're not ready, that's okay. Pass it on to the person next to you. God has provided for us in Jesus. And the, the spiritual discipline of gratitude is about waking up to that reality every day, being fed and led by him.
So let me pray for us. Lord, help us, even in the midst of feeling like we don't have everything that we want or need, and it's really hard to be grateful, even in this moment probably, um, remind us, show us that you are here, that there's more, there's more than we can see about who we are, about who you are. And give us courage to keep exploring, to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.